0: The following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes and two guys who are not experts in anything, with the exception of Dungeons and Dragons and being great
1: friends. Duh. Well, Australia's facing a new COVID threat tonight. A new strain of the deadly Delta has been detected.
2: The new premier has put his mark on the COVID roadmap by easing up some of the rules for the fully vaccinated. We hit the floor running and most all of us are working extra hours. An investigation into 26 clinical trials into the use of Envermectin to treat COVID has found serious errors or signs of potential fraud, in more than a third of it. Authorities discovered a new Delta strain in eight people, including seven from one household.
1: Are you scared or excited about lockdown ending on Monday?
2: I'm excited. The so babies are very excited. I'm very excited too. I think I'm a bit nervous about it. Yeah. At its busiest, the hospital had 70 COVID patients. Today, there are eight. humans and animals and is readily available and cheap. Even though there was no strong medical evidence the drug would work, some countries like India and Peru authorised it in 2020 as potential prevention from COVID-19. Even more people will be allowed to visit homes and gather outdoors. Wedding planners are about to get busier and the return to school has been brought forward for most students. Of can just hold our breath and, and wait and see. Uh, but it does feel better. It does feel much better as far as Lot more this new strain bears a different genetic signature to the common strain circulating in Sydney. Maria Perreté says this isn't just a health crisis but an economic one as well. Spreading throughout the world, embraced by many anti-vax groups too. Also, the use of impermectin to treat COVID has found serious errors. And it's not just Arkansas. COVID case numbers are dropping fast in other hard hit southern states like Louisiana and For Florida. So last night's crisis cabinet was the last. When ministers meet next, they say they'll have a stronger focus on creating jobs and they hope that these changes will help. Freedom, freedom, I can't move. We believe that um, our conservative approach here ensures that we keep people safe but importantly gets people back into work as quickly as possible. But as Dominic Perrottet plotted his fast track to freedom, a driving force throughout the pandemic was missing from the revised roadmap reveal.
0: But it is a health crisis, so the chief health officer should be here.
2: Well-known American podcaster Joe Rogan mentioned Invermectin as a drug he used to treat his symptoms. Nationwide, the numbers are down nearly 40% since September 1st. Can we be hopeful that maybe there will not be a surge this fall or winter? So the
1: main issue is that a very large number of these studies are simply fake. They're false they either did not happen at all, did not happen as your authors described them, or reported false results.
2: So those two will be
0: gone from offices when 80% of adults have had both shots.
2: We know that as we open up, uh, case numbers will increase. Uh, but what has been key to keeping people safe uh, is our high vaccination rate.
0: The state's vaccine passport still isn't ready.
1: We're four days away from opening. These procedures should have been in place before today. The don't quit on
2: those we want to make sure that we open up well on Monday and I want to make the point today and I'll be making it again tomorrow. Um, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a difficult time as we do open up but I ask everybody to treat everyone across our state with care and kindness um, as, we, as we open up. We are the first state to going through a process where things will open up for those people who have been double vaccinated. That's important uh, from all the discussions we've had with health but for that approach uh, we wouldn't be able to open up on Monday. And once again, I thank everybody across our state for the efforts they've made uh, in getting out there, getting vaccinated, keeping everyone safe, and that ensures we can get people into jobs and businesses back open. Well, hello there, guys,
0: gals, and non-binary pals. Gas, bloody what? This, my friends, is the season finale to the ISOCAST Season 2, as from Monday, the lockdown that has been in place here in Sydney for the last 15 weeks is coming to an end. And may I say, not a moment too soon. Oh, boy. From Monday, retail, hospitality, gyms, hairdressers, and gathering in groups is back on for vaccinated people, and folks, I gotta tell you, as soon as those pubs connect the beer to the taps, your old mate PC over here is gonna dive into a couple of George Frothingtons faster than you can say vaccine passport. Simultaneously, there is a degree of anxiety about the whole situation. Cases today, being Sunday, are down below 500 for the first time since fuck knows when. And we all know that when we open up, those numbers are going to spike. The good news that n- is that New South Wales is 70% double vaccinated and 90% first dose vaccinated. So if we can just keep it together for a few weeks, there is good reason to think it's all going to be okay. Last season, I opened with Alex Chowell and I closed it with David Burroughs. And this season, I'm doing exactly the same again. Here to close out Season 2, 2 COVID, 2 Furious, Delta Drift, Return of the Lockdown, is David Burrows. DB is a director, a writer, my key creative collaborator, and one of my closest buds in the world. He's the very best, and I can think of no one better to finish this baby off than the man himself. So here's our chat from yesterday, and the last chat we're going to have for Season 2 on this show. Without further ado, here it is. Very oh, bloody is, very bloody is. It's my sweet and favourite boy, Dave <laughs> How you doing, bud? I'm good, man, I'm good I just went and sat in the park And the sun was out, Dave And we're coming out of lockdown <laughs> And I had a
1: sandwich And these are all my stories It was tip-top How are you, big boy? What a beautiful time I wasn't expecting a video call This is, um When you said, Dave, we're going to record a podcast I was like, good we, We're going to be all audio <laughs> i'll just leave my face as is
0: (laughs) Um, you wanted more well db i i i see your face relatively regularly pulling back the curtain i see it every friday night and actually most tuesday nights for D&D as well but i just can't get enough dave i can't get enough
1: i can't i'm not complaining just surprised surprised. happy happy but surprised happy happy but surprised yeah well that's and that's what you need through lockdown
0: isn't it Dave, happy but surprised, I think, is the is the ultimate combo. Um, I think there's been a lot of surprises. I was thinking about this today, and, and, and one of the things I wanted to ask you straight off the bat, because last time, Dave, I finished the ISOCAST, season finale, was David Burroughs, right? You came in, yep. you closed it out, you were the, the closer everybody wanted, um, and so I brought you back to close out the show this time. And I guess I'm interested, DB, in your reflections on this lockdown versus last lockdown. Um, changes, lockdown season
1: two lockdown season two
0: yeah i want i want your reflections on lockdown season two
1: yeah look you know what it, it, it like lockdown season one it was it was never before seen television Wasn't. It? <laughs> it was we hadn't we hadn't done it before um it was it was exciting it yeah was a little bit scary lots um, of twists and turns but you know you had lots of twists and turns. You hadn't seen it coming before. You know, every day was a new adventure. Um, <laughs> and I really, I really feel like season two. Um, one, I'm not sure if it needed a second season. To be honest, yeah, great. Um, yeah, I, I felt like they said all they needed to say with the first season, and coming back for season two, they've retread a lot of the same ground. First <laughs> off, um, which I'm not a big fan of, and a lot of the things I really loved about season one, you know, like having having free time. Yeah. You know, like, not having to work as much, um, you know, getting to do, like, you know, more productive things for me. Uh, they kind of, they pulled that out of season two. Yeah. Um, and it's just been, it's been all the shit bits. Uh, and, then, and none of the good bits. So, God help us. I think they're doing something new. Season three is just going to be, they let us all die. Um, <laughs> by the sounds of it. We're not going to lock down anymore. They're just going to let... It's it's like the show's going from from like a bottle episode to The Walking Dead. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, big progress, <laughs> isn't it? And just to like add in a little bit of like Christian hyper cultness in there as well. I think we're just going to get like a little bit of like happy clappy turns into religious cult turns into Walking Dead. I think that's going to be sixty three <laughs> in New South Wales.
1: You're talking of course about the influence of our, of our brand new premiere. Yeah, our our our
0: great leader. Um, yes, the the true and only the only voice in New South Wales. the Big dominant Perite um, which I, I just think the addition of Dom in season two of 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 COVID Strikes Back was just a real
1: unexpected development. Um, well, they got to bring up they got to bring out something for the finale, yeah, you know, because absolutely. because at the, because the lead up to the finale was that it was just we were just going to do picnics <laughs> and that was going to be the finale, and <laughs> it's and pretty bullshit, like, isn't it? This is this is totally inconsistent with the rest of the show, rest of the series. We need to like bring in a little darkness towards the end. So, like, let's let's replace this center-right liberal politician, uh, you know, fairly fairly moderate conservative, with a far-right Trump supporter um, who has a list of beliefs that um, make me deeply uh, anxious. Um, yeah. As a little finale, yeah. I mean, it was a real real fucking twist
0: in the tail, man. And like, I'm caught in this double blind, DB. And I wonder if you're in the same spot where I simultaneously really want lockdown to be over. And I am so pumped for Freedom Day on Monday. I'm so pumped to be able to go and sit in a cafe and go to the pub, Dave. You know how much I love the pub, DB. Mm, I love the pub. I'm so excited about that. But I'm also really
1: fucking nervous
0: because I reckon those cases are going to spike through the fucking roof over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely hear that? you. Look, I mean, at the end of the first lockdown, and I feel like there's a lot of comparison going on because this is the sequel. Um, at the end of the first <laughs> lockdown, it, it felt a little bittersweet coming out of lockdown. I, I remember the last time it sort of felt like, oh, I was really enjoying, you know, a lot of a lot of the lockdown. And, and to be fair, like I, I'm, I know that a lot of people didn't have an amazing first lockdown, mm. and I completely understand that. I, you know, I was quite, quite lucky and fortunate to have, you know, maintained some, enough income to live, whilst also having a lot more free time. So there was, so, there was a lot that I really liked about, about the first lockdown. Whereas this lockdown, I don't feel like I could have gotten out of it any quicker, um, and I, yeah. I cannot wait for it to be over this time. But I will say, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from because it does feel, like. Like there, there's let, far less interest in the health guidelines now. It's like, all right, well, most people are vaccinated, so let's just open up and survival of the fittest immune systems, and we'll just see what happens. Um, and I think because it kind of scared me, like, because I know, I know, when we first started talking about the vaccine, we we're looking at like Israel, for example, mm. and everyone was being like, oh, look at Israel, they got you know over ninety percent double dose vaccinated. Um, They're bloody living their lives as usual. And then Delta happened and Israel started having these huge rates of numbers and hospitalizations and and it stopped being kind of the model, right? Like Mm. Delta kind of turned everything on its head a little bit. Um, And so I think you're right. I think that when when we open up again, um, we're probably going to see the same thing. Which is and that's a bit spooky.
0: It's a bit spooky, huh? It's a bit. It's a bit spooky. And 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 as you as you say, Dave, like everyone's getting pretty over the health orders. And I also just don't know how much of this decision has been made with health in mind. Like Peritates mm. come out and been like, "All right, babies, economy, economy is where it's at. We're in economy, 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 economy. Let's make those dollars. We're back, baby." And I feel mm. like Dr. Carrie chance sitting there to the side being like, ah,
1: oh, oh, I'd love it if we just hold or the phone. Standing there to the side or like not coming to the press conference at all. Do we notice that? Yeah. She's like sort of not showing up anymore, which, um, yeah, I'm not sure she's hundred percent on board with any of this. What is It's is funny, isn't it? Because like, I felt like, you know, we all obviously want to live our lives back the way we used to, right? Yeah. Like we all, everyone wants the restrictions to end and for us to live happily ever after. Uh, and I think that like, dominic has sort of gone all right everyone's so desperate to get out this is an opportunity for me to do something which everyone's going to be really really excited about and i get to not care about human lives which is my favorite thing in the world Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know dude i i really i really do feel in two camps about it I, um, I got up today, Dave, and I went down to the nets and I played some cricket with my cricket team, my sweet, mm. sweet old men that I play with who are, who are a lovely bunch of fellas. Um, and it felt so normal and it felt so delightful and all of that old classic sledging was straight back and it was, it felt like winding the clock back for me. It felt, felt like mm. a return to normality and I'm so desperate for that, I think. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm living in this sort of dual state. I don't know how to fucking explain it. Um, Mm. Mate, you've been, you said to me a little while ago that like working full time in lockdown this time has nearly killed you, nearly wiped you out. (laughs) Uh, Is that, has that actually been the case for you? Or am I misremembering and
1: and exaggerating? I think, I think that's probably, look, I mean, it it is, (laughs) here's the thing, right? Um, (laughs) Most people uh, have real jobs. Uh, and their jobs require them to go into an office or a place of, of business yeah. from like 9-ish in the morning to like 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. And they just do that Monday to Friday. That's, they just, do that's it. what they do. They do it. That's just like regular life. Um, and I've I've been a freelancer for the better part of, um, what, like seven, seven, eight years now. Mm. Uh, and I've, I really haven't ever really had a proper office job. Um, so... <laughs> uh going what i've been doing at the moment recently is is effectively been a nine to five but from home um where one of my one of my clients who i've been freelancing for has basically just got me on on regularly which has been really lovely because there hasn't been a huge amount of work in the film industry during (laughs) during lockdown um but it does mean that I am all of a sudden feel like I have a real a real grown-up job where mm. I have to be somewhere and do things every single day and there are responsibilities. And also, like, meetings and spreadsheets and emails to be sent, um, which has definitely increased significantly. So I, 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 on one side, like, I do want to have a real meaty whinge to you about, like, <laughs> how much harder it is to work a real job. But I'm, I'm also very aware that, like, 99% of people listening to this are being like, dude, that's just life. That's That's just, like, regular life for everyone, so shut up. Um, (laughs) Do you do a a disclaimer before the show where it's, like, our guests are idiots. (laughs) They don't know anything about anything. Like, they're in no way experts. Because I I just... I feel like... um, I've said a lot of... I've had a lot of hot takes already. (laughs) Um, And... I think it's really important for your audience to know that I don't know about anything. Um, I will
0: happily put that disclaimer into this episode would uh, you just, just, yeah. just to make you feel better.
1: Good, good. Because, like, yeah, I, I'd love to I'd love to complain to you and give you my hot cakes, but. Um, I just feel like most of your audience are going to be what uh, listening going
0: I mean, this like, dave you, you get used to it bud life. <laughs> welcome to real life mate Fucking strap yeah. in buddy um yeah i think i i don't know why people come to this podcast i think i'm pretty sure people come to this podcast dave and, and the way i've been thinking about it is that it's it's a little time capsule right it's a little time capsule for me and the people around me for this fucking weird period of our lives Um, Mm. to see how we, what we were thinking about and how we were reacting and how we were feeling in the midst of a global pandemic, like how it affected Mm. us and how we
1: coped, you know? That's a really, that's a really cool way to think about it. Because like, to be honest with you, like the last thing I want to do during a, a pandemic is listen to a podcast about the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. But, um, I was really curious and I did go back and listen to a couple episodes from, last season in the in the gap yeah right and that was that was really interesting
0: yeah right what, what was good about that if i can just get you to um, toot my horn while you're, while you're there thank you for getting my numbers up too <laughs> Dave i appreciate
1: it well yeah of course of course <laughs> um i think i think you know like you said just getting sort of a snapshot of how people were sort of feeling um and there's something kind of comforting about about people on a podcast just trying to be positive and um talk nice things when uh it feels like the world's burning there was something really nice about that um and of course i i listened to, to alex Chowell's episode oh yeah um who's a very smart boy he is. Uh, he's brilliant, and um I, he had a lot of good recommendations um of things to to look at and see yeah, at oh. and read at um which i quite appreciated as well I haven't dipped into any of it yet but it was nice <laughs> it was a- it was uh, nice to engage with.
0: It, I enjoyed hearing it. I haven't done anything about it, but at this stage, listening to it was was almost validation in itself,
1: DB. It yeah. was almost well. That's <laughs> a great thing about podcasts, right? Is if you, if you if you consume it, you don't feel like you need to do any follow ups. It's like oh, I read, th- I listened to this great podcast by this person who read this book, and now it feels like I read the. book. I read the book. I got the spark yeah. notes from Charwell. I don't need to do anything. I love. What do you do? I feel like there are some podcasts out there where, like, it's like, oh, we're going to interview this this artist we're gonna interview this author of this book and then they just tell you the whole book and then you finish it and they're like well you can buy the book i don't need i don't need to buy the book (laughs) why would i do that (laughs) you just gave me the fucking most beautiful succinct summary of your book i don't need it now this is Um, dave this is thank you for your time
0: this is why you don't watch trailers this is why you don't watch trailers for movies huh like you've been Mm. known to go into movie theaters and cover your eyes and put your thumbs in your ears while trailers happen
1: this is true this is true. I'm not proud of it, um, <laughs> but it is. It is the way that I choose to live my life. Um, if there's a look, i watch. If I don't care about a movie. I'll I'll watch a trailer. If I sure. don't know about a movie, I'll watch it. But uh, I if, if I'm watching a trailer for something I, a movie I knew nothing about, and if it gets to a point, say it's three minute tra- three minute long trailer. Mm-hmm. If it gets to like 45 seconds a minute in, and I'm like, yep, I'm keen, I'll turn off the trailer halfway through. Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, yep, I've decided I want to see it. You've, you've won me over. Um, I'll watch it now. I'll watch it. If, if, if I get to the end of the trailer and I'm not interested, then you failed. But <laughs> I, too many spoilers.
0: Too many spoilers. It's all spoilers. It's PC. all spoilers. It's
1: too many hey,
0: spoilers. DB, uh, this brings me to Existential Dread. Existential Dread. And it's our last existential <laughs> mm. dread of season two of the ISO cast. Um, so Great. classic vibes. So on a scale from one to 10 with one being like skipping through the days, he's happy as Larry and 10 being curled uh, up on the ground, foaming from the mouth, complete another mess. How's your
1: existential dread DB? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, maybe like a six to seven, maybe. Okay. All right. High-ish, yeah. high-ish, I think. Um, may- Let's less because I'm like stressing out existentially mm. and more just, right, here's the thing, right? Hit me, please. Here's the thing, PC. So lockdown one mm. finished up and we are like, good, we did it.
0: We're the best COVID. around. No one's ever going to bring us down.
1: COVID, we did it, we're done. You know, the rest of the world's still dealing with their shit, but we fucking sorted it. Um, We've got the vaccines on the way. We're dancing again. We're yeah. drinking again. Yeah. Um, you know, put the masks in the top drawer. Not going to need these guys again anytime soon. (laughs) Aravidechi babies. We solved it. Take that. Get it. And, you know, we start planning. You start going, oh, maybe we'll go traveling soon. As soon as as borders open up, we'll go traveling. We'll Mm. do this. We'll do that. You start start making plans. Um, but then COVID strikes again. COVID strikes back episode two. And, um, and now it's like, right, we're about to finish. Will there be a season three of Isocast? Yeah. Will there be a season four, five, Fuck. six? Are my 30s going to be exclusively living in this room, um, <laughs> achieving none of what I want to achieve in life um, or traveling or doing anything fun or good at all? Yeah. Um, and I think so, like, whilst, you know, it's really lovely to come out of of this lockdown um, and for things to be kind of looking up, to some extent, um, I think there is a little bit of existential dread of like, will this dominate? And I think I think it will dominate. At least you know, if, even if we don't lock down again, it'll define, you know, at least the next couple of years of our lives. But is this is this COVID-19 is this pandemic gonna control and kind of dictate the way we live our lives for for this decade? Is that just gonna be what it's gonna be?
0: Fuck man. Yeah, I think you're a, I think that's really right Dave. and I think that so eloquently describes what's been lingering in my guts and and popping around inside my belly. You know, um Gordon Brown, former UK Prime Minister, now works for some big health organization. Was saying that as, as something in Africa, I believe the like vaccination rates around 1%, like nobody in Africa very little of the population's vaccinated. And the same mm. goes for big swathes in South America as well. And um, as long as those places are unvaccinated, COVID's fucking ripping around. And it's going to be able to keep mutating and keep changing and keep mm. fucking coming back. And and Gordon's big line was, um, nobody's safe until everybody's safe. Yeah. And, and, and that fucking really resonates with me. Like we saw mm. with Delta, like,
1: well that's what delta is right delta is a perfect example of what happens when you just leave like developing countries to their own um you know when the first world or you know like the west is going oh we're gonna sort ourselves out um and you guys go fend for yourselves uh and then like india happens and then and delta happens out of that right
0: yeah and you can just see that happening and again and again and again And we're not going to know Mm. if the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca that we have in our arms right now is going to be up to be able to handle that. You know, nobody knows because we don't know what these variants will, will be. But you're right. There's a lingering fear there, DB, that, I mean, fuck, man, I really hope this is the last episode of this podcast that I ever do. I really hope Mm. you're my last ever guest on the ISOCAST. I really hope I don't bring you back for season three. I mean, I'll keep coming back each season. You want me? I'll come back. Um, I mean, I'm going to keep having you, Dave. I'm going to keep having you because I really enjoy your nonsense. Like I say, I see you very regularly, (laughs) but I I still really like just hearing your voice and hearing your thoughts on stuff. Um, But yeah, I think that's a really eloquent descriptor of of the existential dread that's lingering in my mind too, mate. I don't know there's any way around it other than we just have to get back to it and hope that we're all right. It's a real mm. hope situation, really. I don't know how else to think about it.
1: And I think, you know, and I think you're right. And I think also just like, all right, we're about to have a break. Like let's let's just enjoy this break, you know, um, go on as many fucking picnics as you can. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I spent most of this morning going through the program of, for the City Film Festival, Ooh. booked a, a butt ton of movies Sick. Um, and I'm just like that's going to be great because it, it, I haven't been to a film festival, uh, which is something that I really love doing. It's one of my favourite things to do is go to a film festival and watch a bunch of weird and um, different films I would never have seen in a cinema um, and uh, I get to do that again hopefully in two months um, which is really great and bro, that's such a perfect transition into some recommendations, DB. Um,
0: because this is a purely personal note. Now, I, me, Pat, and I'm sure Polly as well, would quite like to come with Dave to some of these movies and do some things yeah. and engage in some friendship. Because we're going to be able to do that. Um, so, what's what's some highlights, DB, on this film list that you've uh, you're
1: excited about? I I will send you through my schedule. But for the benefit of our listeners, I will I will tell you some of the films. I'm going to see. Yes. Look, there's a bunch of films that i I'm, I'm really, really keen to see. Um I will do this thing though where I will go through and I will book based on time and like venue. Oh so like shit. I'll pick out I'll pick out I'll get the Flexi Past 20, okay. which is 20 films. Um, and then I'll go through and I'll highlight all the stuff I really want to see and I'll try to schedule that stuff in, but then I will pick random films in the gap so that I like, you know, can go and do three, four films at once. Um and, like, obviously, you know, the films you want to see or know about aren't necessarily going to, you know, up. always line up. So, you end up trying to, like, squeeze in some other cheeky little films. So, you'll just back-to-back, um, back, DB, and
0: you'll just go movie, 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 movie for whole days? I've been – look, I've been a little –
1: normally I would, yeah. Normally I would try to do, like, three, four films um, a day.
0: You're such a uh, powerful creature, DB. That is that is huge, my man.
1: And – um. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, and so I, there's this time I've, I've kind of gone through and I've picked my favorites and then I've just slotted in others in between. Okay. Um, so the ones I'm excited about, let me Maybe. have a look through. So um, Zola, have you heard of Zola?
0: We just met yesterday and you're already trying to
2: take ho trips together? Be ready by two. <laughs> You want to hear a story about how me and this bitch fell out? It's kind of long, but it's full of suspense. You want to go somewhere? All
1: right, right. here's what I know about Zola. Not much, because again, I don't watch trailers. But apparently this is a a film that's been put out by A24. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, these two strippers. It's based off, I think, a, a Twitter conversation. Huh that was had between um two strippers okay and they turned it into a movie what that's all i know about it wild okay Um, great that sounds really cool um and um so i'm gonna see that i reckon that'll sell out pretty quick um i'm gonna go see um a film called petite man which is a, which is a french film i've never have picked that up Dave. it sounded
0: like i was for a moment they transported to the eiffel tower <laughs> Not, uh, thank
1: France. you um and and just to to, to completely butcher another word uh, this Please. is uh this is from director celine skiama <laughs> skiama um, yeah i think we celine did. celine skiama uh, who did uh, one of my favorite films from a couple of years ago, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Did you see that? Oh, no, I didn't, but I heard the best. I heard it was very amazing. lovely, little period, slow burner, um, little lesbian romance film. Oh, wow. um, it was very nice. It was Did a very they,
2: nice film. Have
0: I
1: seen ads for June at Sydney Film Festival? They are. They're doing a special screening, they're doing a special one off screening of June. Um, as like a little like hey come watch it it's it'll be out in a couple months
0: hey folks usually i'd cut in the trailer for June here but dave is so anti trailers and i know he's going to listen to this and it would make him so sad if he caught the June trailer because he's so excited about it that i'm not cutting it in can you just like pause this podcast really quick go and watch the June trailer and then come back okay great thanks okay we're back
1: i've i've decided to skip it why are you um, skipping it well here's why please here's why pc um I went city film festival. is a lot of lining up. You got to line up for for movies mm. um, because they don't do they don't do any of this assigned uh, seating rubbish. Not at a film festival. You line up and then you go in and you get a seat and you just get what you get unless you get there on time. And you know I'm really excited about Dune. I love the books. Uh, bloody love Denis Villeneuve. I'm just like I'm ready for it. I want to go see it in the best possible circumstance. Okay. So I'm going to get my I'm going to get my Vmax tickets. I'm going to get you know my Dolby Atmos Vmax Vmax tickets. Fuck. I'm going to go see it right in the sweet spot. Um, <laughs> probably in the middle of a work day when there's no one else in the cinema and it's just going to be a nice little time. <laughs> what is um, the sweet spot, Dave? Oh, okay. Here's a sweet spot. Please. So the sweet spot you're looking for the place right where all the all the um speakers align. Okay. They, you just want to get there right in the middle, which is like sort of normally like towards the front of the back block. Like, you know, you're in a big cinema and you kind of uh-huh. like the front block and the back block kind of be right in the middle sort of front. It's basically middle, middle is where you want to be. You want to be true middle, DB. True middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you, that's the dream. That's
0: so the sweet spot. will you walk into a cinema, Dave, and you, will you just check where the
1: speakers are and try and align yourself to them? Um, look, I, I'm pretty good now at reading a seating plan. You know, when you book it online, you're picking your spots. I'm pretty good at that. I used to, I used to be a projectionist. Oh um, no shit! I didn't know this about you. Yeah, that was one of my one of my first jobs. Um, I was a projectionist as a as a youth to to young adult, um, and uh, yeah, because of that, I have a I kind of got a pretty good idea of of where to sit and what the sweet spots are. And I take it very seriously. I tell, um, DB. I tell. Uh, in a way that has annoyed many a friend and date. Um, <laughs> it's
0: remarkable you've actually got a partner after all this time. It's the done. It puts oh, for up with for lot. so many
1: reasons. For, for, for an exhaustive list of reasons. Mate, it's a surprise some, I have a partner.
0: There are some great <laughs> recommendations. I mean, I say that. I don't mean it. I think you're one of the most best humans in the world, DB. So I, I'm not surprised at all. But, um... My friend, what else? What are some other recommendations for things that have been keeping you alive in lockdown? What's been making Ooh. you happy? What's been bringing you some joy? What's been bringing down your existential dread, David?
1: I, um look, there's been a lot of TV, a lot of video games going on, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I mean, have you already talked on this podcast about Squid Game? Not in depth, not to the level okay. that I'd like. Every person standing here in this room is living on the brink
2: of financial ruin. All have debts that you can't pay off. If you do not wish to participate.
1: Then please let us know at this time. You
2: will be playing Red Light, Green Light.
1: The
0: thing we did as the kids on the playground.
1: Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure how I because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Because I hate spoilers. And the last thing I want is to be responsible for spoilies for anyone listening but Squid Game is so good it's brilliant it's so good Um, and it's been bringing me a lot of joy um, during during this most recent part of lockdown yeah me too it's just fantastic television and really well written and shot and just each episode is fantastic and just gives me so much joy
0: and mad unpredictable mad fucking unpredictable um, yeah. And I think it makes really important points, Dave, about fucking capitalism. It makes really important mm. points about capitalism and debt and gambling in the form of a, uh, let's call it a game show, um, where if you lose, you die.
1: It feels to me like they've taken like Hunger Games or, and Battle Royale Mm. and then done it with like a parasite sensibility yeah, <laughs> a little bit like yeah. they are just kind of gone we're gonna like do this i mean it's it, we're gonna do like this kind of like thing that we've seen before um but in this like really interesting way
0: and, um dave the production design on it is incredible It's very striking, isn't it? It's phenomenal. Like, the the masks the bad guys have... I'm sure everybody's seen them on social media somewhere... Are really iconic. Um, Mm. And, like, the uh, Escher-style... Multicolored dream staircase section... Is such a wild concept. And when you first Mm. see it as a viewer... You're like, what in the living fuck is this place? Like, what is possible here? And every episode of that show... Is so twisty, turny, and is so unpredictable. Um, and there's some really wonderful performances. I actually saw an interview Dave with the with the Lee guy, who apparently oh, yeah. has been playing villains in Korea for his whole career. Um, Interesting. Yeah,
1: like he's Cause been- I, he's such a. I think I don't know anything for the, for, the, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, but he such seems like a, such a nice guy. Yeah, I I don't know how you'd cast him as a villain. He seems like such a lovely dude.
0: Yeah, apparently he's made a career in career. I say this made a career in career. Um, uh, I want a tongue twister. Huh. Uh, as yeah, as as playing villains, and this is his first role as like a leading man, so to speak. And I think I mean, a he's really cut out for it, but b all the actors in it are really really strong, and. Hmm really convincing um there has been some talk about the dialogue that that um the subtitles might be off and off consistently so yeah that's what we're looking out for
1: that that's it's 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 a hard um show to talk about on a podcast because you want everyone who watches it for the first time to know almost as little about it as possible because so Mm. much of the joy of it comes from knowing as little about it as possible but um but, yeah, I think it definitely is one worth checking out. And I think even with the potentially inaccurate subtitles, like the filmmaking so good and the writing so good that you can kind of get, you know, you kind of understand it well enough without having to understand the intricacies of, like, Korean social po- politics. Like, you know, you watch Parasite, um... Yeah. And the same deal. I mean, obviously I think the probably the translation's much better, but you're watching that film and you can kinda get the broad strokes without understanding in depth that it's sort of the nuances and the intricacies of of like Korean social politics and social structure.
0: Tell you what, Dave, Korean movies, they do a twist real good.
1: Parasite
0: <laughs> they twisted the shit out of me. It was like a roller coaster baby. I was mm. all over the joint. Squid game, same deal. Um going back, old boy. Did you ever see Old Boy? Oh, I love Old Boy. Old boy, man. Old boy, the, the twist in Old Boy is fucking hectic. Um mm. like Korean It's no re- good. It's no good. The the host, the motherfucking host. I haven't seen the host. Ah, it's, put it in your in jar. It's In my movie jar. It's is in it the in movie
1: your jar? Correct. And that's That's the other thing I'd recommend that Please. we've done during lockdown is we've started a movie jar. Oh, how does it work? So here's how the movie jar works. You get a jar and the first thing you do is you get a piece of paper and you write on the piece of paper movie jar in big fuck-off letters and you just stick it to the side of the jar. Love that. And then that jar is now the movie jar. And the way that it worked is that my partner and I, whenever there's a movie that we want to see that we haven't seen before, um, we write it on a piece of paper and we just stick it in the jar. And so there's a, big, there's a big jar in the middle of our living room with a whole bunch of movies in it. And so if we're ever like, oh, we should watch a movie tonight, but we, um, you know... Well, the whole point was to avoid the scrolling because you ever do that thing where you're like, you're like, we've got like three or four streaming services. Oh, yeah. And it's like, we should watch a movie tonight. What are we going to watch? And you spend two hours scrolling through <laughs> like fucking Netflix and Stan and Binge and, and, and Amazon Pro, Prime. And, and you're like, oh, that could be good. Oh, that could be good. And then you, never land, you either never land on a movie or by the time you land on a movie, it's too late. <laughs> um, you, you get exhausted. You get exhausted by the scrolling. You go fuck it. Let's just watch something we've already seen before. Yeah, let's grab our we we're, we're gonna like it. Yeah. 100%. So the whole point of the movie jar is you go. We're gonna watch a movie. No scrolling. Whatever we pull out, we gotta watch. And Okay. Um, wow. Fuck. It, it's been great. It's been great. You should, only in you only put movies into the jar if you're like if you really want to watch it. Yeah. So you're never pulling out something and being like, oh, this is. Dumb. I not I don't want to watch this is stupid <laughs> it's always something that at some point one of you have been like this is gonna be good
0: yeah let's let's do this thing have you ever been in a yep. situation though, day where you've really wanted to watch like a light-hearted comedy and you've pulled out some hectic fucking horror and been like oh geez oh boy we
1: we've done we've done one redraw so far in um, this whole time in this whole time that's amazing um, and because really the logic is is that like if you're if you draw a movie, and yeah, you're like, oh, I really feel like something white, and you you draw, you know, a drama. You probably, you know, you watch the first 10, 15 minutes of it, you're probably ready to go. You're probably like, sure. you ease into it, you're fine, like you'll 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 be fine. You can do it. Um, but we had a redraw the other day. We um we drew Breakfast, um Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, okay. Which which neither of us had ever seen before. Oh um, shit. And I think so it came out and we were both just like, all right, look a classic, cool. That could be fun, you know. Broaden our horizons, all that bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and so we smack it on. Um, and like, I know you've seen this movie. Have I you have, seen? Yeah. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, yeah. So like, you might recall the opening sequence has the like most blatantly racist thing I've ever seen mm. in a film ever.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, she's uh, Tiff. She's not Tiffany. She's Tiffany's place. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn's character. Um, has this upstairs neighbor um, who is this like white man playing this like horrible caricature of an Asian man Mm. Um, and it's just like it's pretty it's like I'm sure a lot of people could watch that and be like oh like it's history like it's it's like you know you watch it and you understand something about the past and I think we just were both sort of like ah fuck it (laughs) fuck this movie (laughs) Fuck this movie. Fuck Audrey Hepburn. We know racism used to exist. We don't need to fucking watch this to be like, oh, but it was a different time. Fuck that. I don't need that. I don't need that shit. I don't need fucking Audrey Hepburn <laughs> and her racist... Racist neighbour. Racist neighbour. Um, So we read redrew- we, yeah, her. Wow. So I, to this day, have not seen more than the first 10 minutes of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, and to be honest, I probably don't need that in my life. Mate- I don't- I,
0: I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, we didn't have the same experience. We had a similar experience um, last night with Flight of the Concords, Um where Ooh. we just needed something... Polly and I just something cruisy and chill to for 20 minutes before D&D. Mm. And so we we whacked on the David Bowie episode of Flight of the Concords, right? Now, oh, yeah. I fucking love Flight of the Concords. Love same. those I'm series. trying to
1: think where this is going, because I'm like, oh, God, no. Yeah. Not them two. Yeah. Not them well, two. It's just
0: aged. This particular episode is Jermaine being really worried that complimenting Brett makes him gay. And I remember finding it funny at the time. But looking back with 2021 Vision, you're actually sitting there going, actually, this is some real internalised homophobia that's rocking in this. And mm. at the, the other subplot in it is that Brett is bulimic um, and they make a lot of jokes about eating disorders that aren't quite jokes but there's also a lot of there's a lot of shaming of it and you kind of watch it and go ah, like we still enjoyed it don't get me wrong it's nowhere near as bad not in the same like category mm. as shithead upstairs in um, breakfast at tiffany's but it is it was funny to watch something back that meant so much to me as a as a sort of 18 19 20 year old as a 30 something year old however the fuck old i am and look back at it and go actually i'm not sure about the messaging. In this. I'm not sure that I agree with it anymore.
1: And I, I would wonder if there are any comedies in existence that don't have that. <laughs> like mm. we've we've been re-watching The Simpsons um through. And like there are so many moments where you're just like, ooh, that would not fly today. Yeah. You right. know, like um like it feels like there are there are episodes where there's either like a racist joke about Chinese people or like a, a joke about transgender people, um, like sometimes like two or three in an episode, and you just like, whoa, whoa, like it's a little bit whiplashy. Oh, like we watched um we watched Scrubs, um, and oh, like yeah. JD is a nightmare. <laughs> um, he's a fucking predator. He's horrible Not for real. Um, there was just all these moments where like, that is so creepy, JD. Um, well, I don't remember that show, but like yeah, he's, um, every, it's like every couple of episodes, he's, he's, he's perpetually single. Right. So mm. he's always, always dating or trying to date, you know, different beautiful women. Um, and like, it's, um, there are definitely some moments where you're like, this is really creepy, JD. Yeah, <laughs> this is a super right. creepy moment. I, I'm not sure if there's any comedies that you could watch now you know from from 10 20 years ago that would make you a little bit go all oh, that has isn't aged well yeah that isn't, that's a little bit off now
0: yeah I, it's, and it's kind of sad in a way i'm sure if we actually sat down and watched the whole of fight of the conquerors we'd find that we enjoyed far more of it than we didn't and we still enjoyed watching totally. the episode last night but i think it was it's interesting to note how much your own sensibilities change and how much your own politics change i guess um mm. to an extent and and like i can hear people saying in their minds like oh it's bloody cancel culture it's bloody cancel culture coming out there to cancel no one's saying to cancel
1: it it's just just interesting the way that like jokes age
0: yeah yeah and i think it's just some age significantly better than others um I maybe think... i did cancel breakfast at Tiffany's i don't uh, know i canceled it in
1: my own living room you canceled it a day. <laughs> you literally did but you know what? I I'm- didn't. I didn't get on the internet and, <laughs> and write a fucking essay. I was just like, I don't need this in my life. I'm a draw. So we ended up watching Captain Phillips instead that night, which was, you know, Tom Hanks is great. Oh, really? <laughs> <guess> so, yeah. <laughs> that is a film, I never would have picked to
0: watch TV, so I do nothing but... Well, that's why you, you stick
1: it in the jar. You stick, stick it, in it in the in jar, jar and you get to watch things you haven't, haven't seen before.
0: Um, Big Boy, I also wanted to bring up running with you because you have you, your, your change in running DB has been colossal over the course of like a couple of months, you've gone from like not being a runner at all to running about a hundred and something Ks per month. And I, I wanted to get on the inside of your your running journey, DB. Oh, sure. Where to
1: begin? Where to begin <laughs> in my running journey? Look, uh, the here's what I've found um, motivates me in everything. Um, gamification and friendly rivalries. Um, <laughs> Is the only way I can do anything um, at all. Uh, basically, I mean, you you're a member of our, of our... We have this Nike Run Club app. Yeah. Um, and we've we've started a, a group between you, me, and well, like six or seven of our, of our other other mates.
0: Feel it. I add. Tell Benjamin or uh, Indie Kwong, Polly Fisher, all friends of the pod.
1: All friend. All friends of the. Pod, all friends, all the friends pod. of the show. Um, and so we've got this group, and we all we all use it as a way of being like, hey, I'm running. Are you running? Are you running? Oh, look, uh, like, who's going to win the amount of Ks this month? Yeah. Um, and it's been, there's been, like, there's definitely, like, some people in, in that group who have been running consistently without any need for, um, <laughs> for like, <laughs> us to beckon them on. Like, Tel's been running, you know, 80 Ks a month for, like, years. Yeah. And that's just the way that he lives his life because he doesn't need outside stimulus to force him to do something. He just does it. Um but I'm the opposite. I need I need, you know, I, I I need to be in the light. I need people to see and understand what I'm doing. Um I need the pats in the back for little things. Like if I go for a little run, I need people to be like, oh Dave, went for a run, good on you Um And you
0: also need somebody to beat D B. You're you're I need someone to beat. Competitive desire to to fucking push on through and be number one, I think Mm. really does drive you.
1: But it's been great. It's been awesome having this competition because we've all been doing it. Like, it's not just me. Like, I know we've... So, Polly, your partner, Mm. um, was just posting on the chat the other day how she's bloody setting personal bests and breaking records and and killing it out there, it's you been,
0: know? It's been so phenomenal, man. Like, never in my life did I think I would be a fucking runner. I, I've hated <laughs> running for as long as I can remember. It's oh, it been sucks. It's my least favorite thing. It fucking <laughs> blows. And I literally came around to doing it, tell Tommy to get the Nike Run Class app, and so did my mum, Susie Cullen. Uh, bless her cotton socks. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, lockdown has left me no choice. I'm going to have to go and do it. And what I have found is such fucking joy in it, um, mm. especially now my my injury is less of a problem. Like I was so injured back there in July um, and I was running in so much pain and that really sucked. And these, this last week, Dave, I've run like 20Ks this week and I've run it all without any pain at all. And I was that's flying, awesome. baby. I was fucking flying. I had moments of elation oh, Like arms <laughs> pumping by my side, pinging down this hill, sun setting over Sydney, being like, it's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right, baby.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that for you. Have you got, have you got any goals this, this month? What do, you, what do you want to achieve? I
0: think I'm going to try and run 20Ks a week, every week. So I'm going to see if I can do 80Ks. And oh, that's
1: phenomenal.
0: Yeah. I think that... I'm just trying to run 5K blocks. I found that when I tried to run more than that, I tried to push myself too much. And mm-hmm.
1: I think this month,
0: I'm just going to run 5Ks. I'm just going to try and run them really regularly. And that's just going to be how I operate. Yeah. What I like about awesome. that, it, it takes 30 minutes. It takes half an hour. So I can just mm. whip out, run, come back. Here's what running in your 30s is though, Dave. I've bought a firm roller. And now I have to roll yeah. out like the majority of my body before I go. And then I have to roll my oh. body when I get back.
1: That's the thing. All right. So, the thing I, I, the actual running is fine. Like, I enjoy the running. The running is really nice. You know, I run by the water and get some some sunshine. It's it's a good time. What I hate about the running is all the shit around it. The fucking, the having to stretch. Hate it. Oh, stretching. (laughs) Oh, my God. Where's time for stretching? No one. It's a nightmare. But, fun fact if you don't stretch, you're bloody hurt for the rest of the week um and fun, other fun fact often when you stretch you hurt the rest of the week anyway it, it does nothing. It is nothing it achieves nothing but you gotta do it and also have you noticed so like i, I so look i'm the only one in the house that, that has gotten into running sash my partner has not um gotten into running this with our our sort of group mm. and like we'll walk up to the shops and i'm like I'm like, look, I'm running. You know, I did 100Ks last month. I'm like, you know, doing my best. I'm out there. I'm like, you know, exercising. We walk up to the shops. She's fine. She's just walking like a regular human. Um, I'm walking and I am in obscene amount of pain because my muscles don't know how to do anything anymore. Like whole, I thought the whole point of working out and doing sport and exercising was that you get stronger and better at things, but no, it just turns you into a weak little baby <laughs> who can't go to the shops for a carton of oat milk anymore. It's ridiculous. But I am enjoying I mean, I'm enjoying the competitive nature of it. Um... That was it's a, a real journey Dave. I loved the imagery in that. <laughs> I really
0: felt like I was you painted a beautiful picture
1: I felt like I was well, right here's, here's the other thing that we've been doing using the same model. Please. So like, so Nike Run Club has been obviously been great because mm. it's been getting us running. We've been doing it. Nike, please send us money and your free <laughs> stuff. Um, but we've been getting really good at that and it's like driven all of our this sort of friendship group to kind of to run more. So I was, so I was like, what if we could take the same model of like gamification and like friendly competition and apply it to like other skill sets? Yes. Um, and so we've started a Duolingo group as well, um, which you didn't want to be a part of. You're Probably like, Dad, I'm too busy to learn a language. Uh, Monolingual is enough for me. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you've noticed
0: how well I speak English.
1: You're you're excellent at it. You've you've mastered it. Um, But we started a Duolingo chat and we're trying to be as competitive about it. And we're bloody all going to learn a different language. So by the end of this, we're all going to be fast and bilingual. Fucking fast, bilingual people of the future. What language are you
0: learning, DB? I'm learning Japanese. How are you finding it? Uh, extremely difficult <laughs>
1: <laughs> Extremely, extremely difficult um, Yeah, obscenely hard I wish I had done uh, a different language But here we are um, Yeah man, it's Get this Please So there's two alphabets to learn
0: Oof, that's one too and that's, many And that's
1: actually a lie There's like, there's three alphabets to learn yeah. Oh yikes. But Duolingo's like, dude's don't even worry about the third alphabet. You're never gonna learn it. They're like, we're not even gonna. They're like, we're not even gonna try and teach you the third alphabet because you're too fucking stupid, and we know you're too fucking stupid. Just focus on the first two alphabets. <laughs> and, alphabet,
0: alphabet three. Oh here be dragons. You are not up for it.
1: <laughs> they're just like, like you can't. Like if you're here, they're like, hey mate, if you're here on Duolingo. You're not ready for it. <laughs> it's not You're not end. ready for the third language. <laughs> um, so there's there's like two alphabets you got to learn. They're all, wow. you know, they're not they're not out. Uh, you know, Greek alphabet. Yeah, they're all 100 percent new characters. And so you spend the whole time just trying to figure out what they remind you of, so you can come up with some sort of visual mnemonic device to memorize them all. And then like I've I've, I've maybe learned four characters and now (laughs) that i've actually probably committed to memory and you got to learn them all and then you can start learning words how do kids learn to speak i don't understand it's so
0: hard they got got beautiful plasticine brains though dave unlike ours which are like granite you know it's hard to
1: keep Keep the
0: plasticine bread. I know. Give me the squishy plasticine, boys. Um, My sweet man, we're getting to the end of our time here, DB. And I guess I just wanted to know if you have any final sort of recommendations or final thoughts or a a reflection or so on how you feel you've gone through this process, anything like that?
1: Whew, I wish I'd planned something,
0: PC. Um, you don't need to I plan wish anything, Phoebe. You're, you're ready to go. Your mind, the beautiful bit of granite, which is right there behind your frontal cortex, is just full of great ideas. <laughs> yeah,
1: no learning. Impossible Impossible to learn anything new. It can't but, um, learn
0: Japanese, but outside of that, it's great.
1: It's <laughs> got all right stuff in the bank. Look, um, I think I am not have any advice for anyone. Um because as i mentioned previously, I don't know anything about anything, but I think what I will say is that like, if you were there and you're at home and you're being like, fuck, this lockdown was harder than the last time. I want you to know, same, <laughs> you're not alone. Same. This lockdown was harder and it sucked more than the first one. And I hope you're good. Mm. That's not advice. I just, I hope you're good listener. Yeah. I hope you're okay. Me too. And we're, we're almost done with this one. And when it comes to season three, we'll have new strategies in
0: place, I'm sure. <laughs> well, by the time it comes to season three, Dave, we're going to be so fast and know so many languages. End of oh, season man. three, we're going to be doing Japanese, Greek, Italian, Espanol. Uh, we're yeah. going to be doing three-minute Ks. We're just going to be pinging.
1: Yeah. It's going to be great because we're never going to be able to travel. So we will travel... <laughs> via learning different languages that we can ever use practically and
0: then um, we can be like dutch teenagers who hang out on street corners and just speak to each other in different languages and everybody's talking a different language but they all understand each other thing? yeah man yeah
1: a, i don't know about that i don't know about that fucking
0: dutch teenagers and they're incredible <laughs> being stuck between three other major languages and they just have to learn them all and they can just speak to each other in french and dutch and english and their english is better than ours unbelievable
1: He's so mad about it. (laughs) How long have you harbored this vendetta against Dutch (laughs) teenagers? I remember being
0: 18 and backpacking through Europe and just really struggling at some point to communicate. I, uh, this is a real tangent late in the podcast, but I, um, I was in France, Dave, and I was 18 and I decided to challenge myself. And so I, I took French in school. And so I walked into a kebab joint and I decided to order the entire kebab in French and not use any English at all. And I did everything perfectly up until he asked me about sauces and I just could not remember the word for garlic sauce. I just couldn't remember what garlic was. And he goes, what sauces do you want? And just said it to me in English. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yep. <sighs> garlic and tomato, thanks, mate. And you know. That
1: I feel like that was my experience. Every every single conversation I've ever had with a French speaker has started with me being like, Bonjour. Uh, je suis... Uh, would like okay, like I actually have, a, have an honest to God crack at like <laughs> trying to ask them what I want and then them sort of looking at me deadpan and being like it's fine I speak English what would you like and you're like <laughs> it's, uh, like, it's s- like oh my French was so horrible <laughs> to you uh, that you weren't even entertained
0: and so I come out of that and the next place I was in was in Holland and I was walking through the streets and I, there was just these bunch of Dutch teenagers hanging outside a store and there was a dude speaking French and there was a dude speaking German and there was a dude speaking what it sounded like Dutch to me and they're all just chatting to each other. And I was like, uh-huh. well, I mean, that's the pinnacle, you know, that's the pinnacle of language learning. That's the, that's the apex yeah. of the tree. And Whereas I think, you
1: idiot couldn't even phew, pick a source. I couldn't, I couldn't pick a source. <laughs>
0: you monolingual idiot. Maybe this is a good reason why I should come and join the Duolingo
1: i Come join the Duolingo chat. The chat is called the Duolingo Owls, Little Bitches. Oh, um, wow. And a real violent twist in the tail. I know. Have you ever done Duolingo?
0: No. I've never done it.
1: Dude, this owl, man. This owl guns for you. Oh, really? He is not a good person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have never, I have never ever experienced a corporate mascot who has more contempt for its users. Um, Do you get notes is, that just say "fuck you, Dave"? Learn Japanese. Oh, dude, he'll literally be like, so like you have your friends on the app, yeah. and then and you'll get like a notification being like, oh, um, Joel has passed you, and then the Duolingo owl will kind of be looking at you on the on the notification. And the subline is, "What are you going to do about it?" Or like, be like passive aggressive. Be like passive aggressive. you he'll be like, "Oh, I noticed that these notifications aren't working anymore to get you to study. So, um, I guess I'll just pause them for a little while." And he's like, "Oh, okay, all right, Duolingo, all right, mate." Hey, Duolingo, just change down through the gears. All right, just settle down, Duolingo. Yeah, man. He is an extra, but he, he works. all he okay. wants is for you to learn a new language.
0: All he wants is for you to be bilingual and be able to run four-minute yeah. kilometers. And is that so much to ask, Dave?
1: <laughs> I don't
0: think so. <laughs> Big man, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Great to see thanks you. Thanks for having me. And I will see you on Tuesday night for D&D. Can't wait. I can't Very wait either. Thanks yeah. so much, man. Great to see you. <laughs> see you, mate. Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is it for this podcast. Hopefully, forever. Huge thanks for David Burrows for joining us on the show and closing out season two for us today. And thanks for a fantastic chat. I hope he hits those four minute Ks and fluid Japanese bloody soon. Huge thanks to all our guests, in fact, who have joined me up for a chat over every week of this lockdown. Alex Chalwell, Violet Ayad, Tel Benjamin, Indy Kwong, Mason Pumarath, Emma O'Sullivan, Richard Hilliard, Polly Fisher, Josh McElroy, Sam Ward, Christian Charisou, Chloe Perrett, Simon Thompson, Whitney Richards, and of course, our sweet favourite boy, DB. Also, a massive thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in to every one of these eps, or of every many you've listened to. Making this podcast has kept me sane and given me a brilliant outlet to reach out to my mates in a bloody weird time. I've received some lovely feedback from so many of you, so thank you all so much. If you feel like you're going to miss my voice in your life, I also do a cricket podcast called Two for None, which will be starting up again in November. We have a group of correspondents from all around the world that send in tapes every week for the relevant nations, and a group of great humans, including Chris Barty, Heidi Cheadle, and many more who join me on the show. It's all about cricket, and it's all a good time, but it's it's genuinely fun and good. You should, you should check it out. Anyway, let's do some credits for the last time, shall we? Our opening song was Freedom by Beyoncé off *Lemonade* 2016 Sony Music. News clips today were from Channel 7, ABC, MSNBC and BBC News, all dated 9th October 2021. Our other clips were for the best around. Joe Esposito, The Karate Kid Soundtrack, 1984, Columbia Pictures. Happy Day in Paris by French Café 24-7. Licensed to YouTube by Capital Distribution. Squid Game is Netflix 2021. Zola is Killer Films 2020. Flight of the Concorde is HBO 2012. Our backing music is Local Forecast by Kevin McLeod of Garivi 2016. He makes music at Incompetech.com. It's all royalty free and all bloody fantastic. Check it out. All clips and music in this show is used in conjunction with our app for AMCOS online mini license. You can just see the details on our website. The ISOCAST is created, edited, presented, and produced by me, Patrick Cullen, at Ginger Snap Productions. You can get in touch at gingersnapsydney at gmail.com. Please like, rate, review this podcast, share it with a friend. Come back to it in a few months and see how much the world is a weird place to be. And in the meantime, folks, let's keep up that COVID goodness. Wash those hands, don't touch your face, and be kind to each other. Get vaccinated, and hopefully, we never do another episode of this show ever again. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you all. Enjoy life out there. I know I will. And happy end of lockdown!
1: Woohoo! Let's go to the pub.